Welcome back, everyone, to the Disciplined Faith Podcast, where we journey further and farther into the Word of God to embolden your faith. I'm Jeff. I'm James. And stick with us as we continue our series on the Lord's Prayer. Last episode, we covered Give Us This Day Our Daily Bread. Today's episode is on the next phrase, and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. James, could you take us and guide us through this phrase? Absolutely. This phrase, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, is kind of the same vein as last week. So last week we were asking ourselves if we could pray for good things. Is it okay to pray for success? Is it okay to pray for sustenance? Is it okay to pray for good things for your life? Um, On this side, we're saying, is it okay, or do I have to pray for things that I don't like? Specifically, do I have to pray for people I don't like, or people that have hurt me, or that are angry with me, or whatever? But really, if you look at the prayer as a whole, uh, so far in this prayer, the focus has been our attitude toward God, but now we're looking at not just our attitude toward God, but our attitude toward other people as well. Uh, There's apparently a link between our ability to forgive others and God's forgiveness for our sins. Now, that doesn't mean if we don't forgive, we won't be forgiven, but there's definitely a parallel action going on. Now, when we think of forgiveness, we typically think of letting people get away with something. Uh, Someone insults you and you're told to forgive them. Well, what do you do? You, You mumble something about like, I forgive you. But what you're really thinking is, I'm just letting them get away and let myself be walked all over. That term forgiveness it, it means something different according to scripture than simply letting somebody off the hook. The word forgive means freeing from something that confines or release someone from an obligation. Jesus uses the same word in Matthew chapter 18 when he tells the story of a loan that couldn't be repaid and the creditor released or he forgave the debt. Even in our own modern times, we hear on the news of people saying, hey, you know what? Are they going to forgive my student loan debt? So in essence, forgiveness is a release from an obligation. And I think that's one of the reasons the term debt and debtors is really important to understanding. You know, I grew up hearing the phrase quoted as forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. You know, the denomination that I'm part of, they use debtors, which is a translation that most good translations will use these days. Now, there's a difference between the word debt and transgression. They both seem to point towards sin, but there's large implications in understanding sin and forgiveness. And the Bible teaches, honestly, that we commit two types of sin, the sin of omission or the sin of commission. The sin of omission is simply when we fail to do what God's commanded us to do. It's it's a lack or failure of moral performance. And the sin of commission is, well, it's you being intentional and stepping over and deliberately doing what God has told you not to do. It's almost like the sin of omission is kind of like an, oops, I failed, I didn't mean to do that. And the other sin is like, you told me not to do this, hold my beer, watch this, <laughs> you know? Think of it like this. So you're taking a test for some class and you fail the test because you didn't realize there was a question on the back of the page. Well, that's the sin of an omission. The opposite of that is seeing the back page and just simply decided that you've done enough and then you end up failing because you didn't complete the task. So that's kind of a sin of commission. Now, when we say debt and debtor, we're understanding the other person failed to live up to some standard, whether it's God's standard or the rules of the house or policy or whatever. But anyway, they failed to do something. When we say transgression, 
we might be putting blame and responsibility on the other person that they don't recognize. And maybe that's worth thinking through. The phrase as a whole, forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors, should point us to Jesus and our need for redemption and forgiveness. We can define sin as any want or lack of conformity or transgression of God's law. And if we think of how we label sin, we see a lack of conformity. Think of words like disobedience, the opposite of obedience, or godlessness, the opposite of godliness, or immorality. Each one of those shows an opposite of something holy, and it's the lack or it's the debt to something. Now, when we think of the phrase, we see that we're to be forgiving others because God is forgiving us. Jesus will talk about forgiveness of transgression in verse 14, I believe it is, after this prayer. Uh, But so far here, the focus is in our inability to do what God wants because we're naturally sinful and we simply can't help it. And we're to have the same attitude toward others. They're just as sinful as we are. And when we're forgiving, we're showing godly empathy. Absolutely. So I do have a couple of questions regarding this phrase, and you can probably help us out. So I can understand forgiving someone for like a one-time thing. Like they say something out of anger or maybe they lied about out of impulse. So how do we handle someone that is constantly offending us or making mistakes? First, unintentionally, like they make mistakes all the time, and then someone who just blatantly just keeps doing it. Well, the unintentional part, I mean, that's simple. You know, it's kind of like when you teach your kids, hey, you need to ask for forgiveness for that and say you're sorry. So that part we sort of understand because people just do stupid things and they don't really know that they're messing up unless they're being held accountable for it. Mm -hmm. So once they're held accountable for it, then they can kind of see that. But really the blatant thing, that's the part I think that we honestly mess up more times than than not. Jesus talks about this, and this is something that I think we've gotten away from a lot in today's church that it would be nice if we kind of went back to. So in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus talks about this. Uh, he says, if your brother sins against you, go tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. Uh, but if he doesn't listen to you, take one or two others along with you. That Every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, well, then tell it to the church. And if, and if he refuses to listen even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. So what Jesus is saying is, he's saying, if you have that guy that's continually, just intentionally and blatantly keeps just sinning against you, and mm. then you need to use the church that God has provided to you to go through church discipline. Okay. All right, so my next question is then, this, this kind of like zooms out a little bit. So what's the point of us forgiving others or even asking for forgiveness for ourselves if God, like in the grand scheme of things, has forgiven us and the, and the other person? Uh, there's a couple ways we can answer that. First of all, I think we can answer that all of us have a moral agency, uh, meaning that, yes, the other person has been forgiven. Yes, you have been forgiven for your sins, but yet we are moral agents. We make moral decisions and we need to be held accountable for those moral decisions. We don't make a decision in a vacuum mm-hmm. all by ourselves. Uh, but then, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard of this dude, but uh, there was a Presbyterian theologian uh, named R.C. Sproul. He writes this. He says that there is a parallel, a joint movement of compassion uh, that's first received from God, and then we in turn exercise the same compassion to others. And God makes it clear that if we lack that compassion and harbor vengeance in our heart, mm-hmm. rather than being ready to forgive again and again, then we forfeit any forgiveness that's been given to us. Mm-hmm. So what R.C. Sproul is saying is that 
really there's a parallel between the way you're forgiven and the way you forgive others. And we're showing godly compassion when we forgive others. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this one did kind of, you did kind of touch on this one a little bit earlier. So how do we navigate forgiving someone, but at the same time holding each other accountable? Like I may I have a friend or a family member that has expressed explicitly that they want to quit drinking or another addiction because they know it causes relational issues and financial issues. So how do we bring down the hammer or just, I mean, simple accountability, but not in a way that throws them into a downward spiral of guilt? Yeah, I think that's going to go back to Matthew 18. Mm-hmm. Um, and really that Matthew 18 aspect, I think it's taken out of context quite a bit. And what I mean by that is simply this. They understand the aspect of you forgive them, and then if nothing works, you take them in front of the elders, the deacons of the church, what, you know, whatever your church is at that point in time. And if they don't listen to that, you take them in front of the church. Uh, so there's that church discipline a- aspect. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people look at that verse and go, okay, so you're going to go straight to excommunication. And that's just not the case. I mean, there's a process there. But then uh, there's a phrase in there that gets misused all the time. You know, it's in verse 17 of chapter 18 of Matthew, when Matthew writes, if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. If he refuses to listen to even the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. And so what people will say, that means just cast them out completely. And that's mm-hmm. not what that means. What that really means is that you just treat them as though they've never heard the gospel before. Uh, you treat them as though they're not saved. And so what that means is that you start from scratch and you just assume that they have never heard the gospel and you just teach them the gospel over and over again. That's kind of how you you do that. Um, and then Jesus tells us in other places, and the Apostle Paul tells us in other places, that we're to hold each other accountable, which means that if someone is messing up and they continue to mess up, yeah. sometimes you need to bring down the hammer, but sometimes really it's more, you know, that soft answer turns away wrath. Okay, so the next one I got is, what can we do when we have forgiven someone, but then later on down the road, our mind brings it back up and our feelings of resentment or anger stir back up? Um, and then also, how about if more than one person is involved and the other trespass or trespassing, however you want to phrase that, brings it up? So, like, say a coworker and I were scammed by a mutual friend. We forgive them after confronting them about it, but then my coworker is constantly bringing up the issue after, afterward. Okay, yeah, that one, you know, is a good one. I mean, how many times have we heard... You know, I'm going to forgive and forget, you know. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I know, like, hey, you know, when you forgive, you need to forget, you know. And Jesus says that when God forgives our sins, our sins are removed as far as the east is from the west. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the east never meets the west and blah, 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 and all those things. And those are true of God, yep. uh, for sure. Uh, but we as humans, uh, I don't I don't think we're capable of forgetting uh, when we've been maligned or hurt or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. And so, you know... Uh, I mean, I've been in those situations where, you know, I'll forgive someone for something, but every time I see them or hear their name, yeah, you know, like the hairs on the back of my head, like stand <laughs> up, which, you know, as a bald guy is pretty impressive. But what I think it comes down to is in that same passage in Matthew chapter 18, verse 21 and 22, Peter comes up to him and Peter says, Lord, how often will I forgive my brother if he sins against me? as many as seven times. And so Peter is saying, do I do it completely? So seven being the number of completion. And Jesus says to him, I don't say to you seven times, but I say to you 77 times. So what Jesus is saying is that you're never done forgiving. 
Mm-hmm. You just continue to forgive. And, you know, you have that coworker, that family member or whatever that's constantly bringing up yeah. that, then it's clear that they may have thought they've forgiven, but they haven't dealt with it. And so at that point, they need to really forgive um, and really sit down with God and just go through what their own heart, their own reflection, their own intention is. All right. Well, that's all the questions I got for right now. But before we wrap up today's episode, James, do you have any last comments or thoughts about this phrase? A lot of people will hear this phrase, uh, forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sinned against us, or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors or trespasses as we forgive those who trespassed against us. And they hear that, and they immediately think of, I don't forgive others, God's not going to forgive me. Mm. And that's just not the case. God's always going to forgive us for our sins, but we are to be a people that are marked by forgiving each other. Mm. And so as we forgive each other, we're showing the love of Christ in our own lives. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, that's all we got for today's episode. Thank you all for joining in and join us for the next episode as we jump into the next phrase and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And until then, later. Later.